The following is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Alrighty, there you go. Now the audio is working. You know, when you take a week off, you kind of forget the mechanic. I kind of forget the mechanics. So I apologize. Again, um, this is Altitude Adjustment. I'm Leon Davis. It is Saturday, June the 18th at 2.01 p.m. Um, last week, I did not release an episode. So if you were looking for one, uh, you didn't miss it. It did not happen. Um, the 25th of June will be the last episode prior to um, the summer break. So I will not be producing any episodes in July uh, and the first two weeks of August. Uh, I think the first episode back is the 21st or something of August. I think somewhere right around there. It'll be the third Sunday, the third Saturday in August. Uh, hopefully you've been uh, protecting yourself from the heat. Uh, if if your area is experiencing great heat, we've had some 100 degree days locally. Um, and and uh, hopefully you're staying safe and, and taking care of yourself. Uh, this week's episode, I, I wanted to talk about corruption. Um. St. Louis has uh, been in the news recently because uh, three of our aldermen, alderpersons, uh, have been indicted on corruption charges. And uh, one of the first things that I did was look up the definition of corruption. Um, and, and I didn't care a lot for uh, the definitions of corruption and because they're most of the definition, I looked at, you know, a couple of multiple sources for their definition of corruption and each one contained, uh, corruption is by people of power, people in power. And, and I'll hopefully explain a little bit why I don't think that people in power are the only ones that are corrupted. Um, but in St. Louis, we've had, uh, three alderpersons 
that have been indicted on corruption. For in St. Louis, we have this uh, land abatement tax that uh, you know developers pay when they want to develop land in the city. They're given um, a tax break for owning that, you know, developing that land. And the Board of Aldermen um, is responsible for, um, you know, politicking for or, or, or pushing for this, these abatement taxes for these private developers for public land. And what has happened is several of our older persons have decided that, you know, they can get something for themselves in this deal. So in other words, rather than a fair and a system of uh, allowing people to develop the land, they give special treatment to people that were going to give them money. Um, before I go any further on that, I want to say that these older persons have not been convicted of a crime. They've only been indicted of a crime. Now, if you read some of the press on this, it is pretty damning evidence, but again, you know, innocent until proven guilty and you have to accept that. Uh, I do accept that. So hopefully uh, you will, but what we, what I've seen in, as far as uh, um, politicians and corruption, Politics has a built-in um, system of, uh, what do you want to call it, um, temptation. Because they have access to um, certain resources that are owned by the people, our politicians are the administrators of our shared resources as U.S. citizens. And they're supposed to uh, dole out or uh, give access to that resource so that it is developed for the benefit of all the people involved and in the, that is done fairly and in a way that does not specifically necessarily uh, enrich themselves but to uh, be a steward, a good steward of our resources. Now, businesses then try to compete to develop those resources or have access to those resources that are shared by all of the citizens. And in our environment, the idea of competition is supposedly baked into our economic system. It is what you should expect as a business owner. It is what you, you should want to live by as a business owner. As it is what you should strive to have because it makes everyone better um, when we do have competition. It, it surprised, it, I guess it shouldn't really surprise me, but there are many people that absolutely hate competition. They don't want to 
have to compete on a fair level to to grow their business. So if you've got, if you believe firmly, firmly in your business that you offer the best product, that may not guarantee you uh, access to all of the to the resources that you'd like to have as far as helping society be a better place. It it allows you to compete in a um, more substantial way. And our politicians are supposed to be the referees that guard our resources to ensure that we're getting the best for our, for our money, that we're getting the best use and access to our resources and um, when they don't, when they don't do that, when they look to enrich themselves, there is a uh, distrust that then becomes um, that they hurt the system. That that even if a a a let's say a vendor has a relationship with a politician before they go into office and the uh, vendor comes up is is participating in um a bid for you know doing some work for the government for the people of the community while that relationship with that politician that may have some control or some influence in the doling out of those resources, um, that all, uh, uh, person may feel that this is the best candidate and that the system is not going to necessarily recognize that this candidate, that this business is the best resource. And so do they or should they be able to put their thumb on the scale just because they truly believe that this company is the best at this, at doing this job. Um, I really don't, it, it doesn't. So, so we as citizens have to recognize that those kinds of situations can and, and do exist. But if, if fair is fair, that means sometimes the best does not always win. That sometimes um, uh, an opportunity is given to someone or some company that is emerging, that is growing, that can become better. And that those situations are necessary for us as a community, as a society, to build better um, companies to be able to service our communities. Because, and, and I'll take uh, AT&T, for example. AT&T was phone service. They, they were phone service. They didn't have any competition. They had... Uh, 
they had free run of the uh, telephone market, local and long distance. At one point, and I, I think I've, I, I at least did this in a, uh, was it a, a seminar, and, and we talked about, uh, I did a presentation on, on AT&T um, recognizing business practices. At one point, AT&T was spending more money on lobbyists to ensure their monopoly than they were spending on R&D then they were spending on developing the services and resources that they were selling to their um, customers. They were overcharging on long distance. They were taking advantage of the customer by not having uh, competition, they chose to try to stay into power rather than compete. Now, you, you hear people talk about competition all the time. The corrupt part of it was, of course, that, that you know, they had uh, politicians in there um, working for them to maintain their dominance in the market. Now, AT&T is obviously not the only company that has done that. Um, I just used them as an example. Um, we can, you know, that was the whole reason um, AT&T was broken up was because of that monopoly and how it was negatively impacting um, customers and things of that nature. So, um, by no means is political corruption the only form of corruption. Uh, did I just, I wanna make sure that I gave the, the definition of corruption because I was thinking I meant to read the definition of corruption, but I don't think I did. Uh, corruption is dishonesty or a criminal offense by a person or organization to acquire illicit benefits or for illicit use of power. And illicit was a word that I had to look up to. Uh, illicit being um, forbidden by law, rules, or customs. And I, and I think that that was important. But, but I did wanna, so that you understand when I talk about corruption, what I mean, about corruption. Now, someone else, as again, um, as I looked through multiple sources um, about corruption, the definition of corruption, each one had, you know, for people of power. And we, t t you know, we tend to believe that people of power are the only ones that can be corrupt. And yeah, um, I don't, think that that's always the case while, you know, people in power seem to, you know, most typify the worst form of corruption, but we're seeing corruption play out in more than just business and politics currently. Um, 
how how people who are trying to be to get into positions of power are using um, public spaces and public resources in an attempt to um, not help the general public, but to help a specific portion of our population. And I, and I think that that's a form of corruption also. Um, and so these people who aren't in power yet are using corrupt practices and corrupt methods and corrupt ideologies to sway or change or impact how resources are apportioned and provided and um, shared in our society. Um, there's a lot of, op you know, things that go on in conversations and people talking and you can hear that, you know, it, it they don't care how some people are impacted by their actions. And I think that that's a form of corruption. That, you know, if you, if you take a, if you're, if you're trying to get into a position of power, uh, let's say, you know, an elected office, you have to represent all of the people in your district. And those people in your district that you disagree with also have to be represented fairly. They also, their, their, their thoughts and, and their life experiences have to be considered in the um, process of making decisions about how to approach problem solving. Because we're asking our uh, public officials to implement ideas and implement policies and implement laws that are going to fairly impact everyone in the community. So in other words, we don't want, we would not want our elected official to create a law that unfairly punishes a small portion of our community while allowing another portion of our community to do perform the same corrupt behavior or the same behavior and then not have to face any kind of uh, corrective action for for performing that behavior, for participating in that uh, that type of of behavior, and so one of the things, and I, I don't want to get all into too much of that, but um, so so we we expect. Fairness. Now, one of the things that, or I would say one of, so uh, part of the definition of illicit, which I thought was key, it, it talks about um, illicit means forbidden by law, rules, or customs. So you can violate, so not all of the things that you can be held to as far as being corrupt 
are written in law. And I think that that's important because I'll take um, businesses. I'll take uh, a business, for, for example. Microsoft, some years back, and, and I picked I'm pick high profile because they're easier to see, not for an agenda, but because they're easier to see and recognize. So Microsoft, some years back, um, I think this was the late 70s, middle to late 70s, um, started becoming the operating system of the desktop. At the time, uh, DOS was fading out, Windows was coming in. Well, actually, Windows had pretty much started to take over the desktop. And the first browser wars started. Netscape and Internet Explorer. Microsoft, in order to unfairly unbalance the To unbalance the equation, to not to not have to fairly compete against Netscape, started doing practices of including their browser and making their browser work while hampering the performance of uh, Netscape. Uh, doing things to give an advantage to their browser while hampering the competition with any other browsers. And, and this, was, this was litigated in court. This was litigated in, in the sphere of public opinion. And if I remember, um, Microsoft had to do certain things in order to um, put the, the competition back into the, the browser war um, uh, sphere. Now, this was back in the 70s. So it was clearly understood that giving your software as part, making your software as part of the operating system, giving it an advantage was not acceptable. This was not um, uh, what is considered fair practices. Along comes Google and Android and they did the exact same thing with the Android operating system, such as um, requiring that their, their um, software be installed and you could not um, uh, uninstall it. There are certain aspects of the, the apps that come with Android that you can't get rid of, even though there are uh, competing apps out there, there are competing calendars, there are competing um, uh, drive you know, connectors, there, there are a ton of competing apps for these, these services that were offered, but you could not get rid of the Google apps and so if you wanted to, to use a different app, you had to have two or more of those particular type of apps 
in order to use the app that you wanted. Now, this is a practice, as I mentioned earlier, that we knew was not a good practice. We knew that it was an anti-competitive practice, and yet they did it. Now, is that a form of corruption? Absolutely. That, that was absolutely corrupt. They took advantage of the situation to, to hamper competition. Now, is that the only example of, of that the company being anti-competitive? And that is not the case. So if we look at Microsoft and we look at Google, we can see many instances of anti-competitive behavior. That is corruption on the business side of, of all of this. And it, it appears that in our society, that corruption is a business practice. It is a practice and not an, and not an aberration that, you know, if you want to be successful in, in politics, if you want to be successful in business, you will do actions or be, perform functions that, that you border on, that you know um, are corrupt. And um, how do we, so, so in order to, so the companies are doing this and the politicians are doing this. What is it that would, why do they, why do they feel comfortable that they can do that? Why do they feel that, because you, you have to, if, you, if you're doing something corrupt, in many cases, you know. There is, there is a clear, there is a clear line and you, you know when you're crossing over it. Even if, if the line is a little blurred, if you're if you have to run that close to the line, then something's probably wrong with what you're doing. So if you if you if if you're about to perform a function or um, an activity, and and you feel that you know you're going to have to explain that, um, or you, that you're going to have to to. Sometimes you're, you're going to have to justify your actions and that's, that's fine, but it's doing things that you, you know, are, um, are in a gray area or that, you know, have crossed the line and that you're willing to take the punishment for it later. That is corruption. And we as citizens, you know, we abdicate our responsibility to hold politicians, to hold business leaders responsible for their actions and behaviors when we allow them to walk away from a situation that, that is clearly um, a corrupt situation, and yet we don't hold them accountable. And, and I, currently we are, and, and I just find it, it you know, difficult to even have the conversation about corruption, when we have such a situation as now and we have to work so incredibly hard to define 
the corruption, to get people to accept the finding of corruption and then implement a solution to that corruption. It appears that we have moved to a place where there are no rules. The only rule is I do what I need to to get what I want. And that means um, we have stopped caring about our neighbors. We have stopped trying to build something together. And, and, and these are signs, you know, the, the corruption in business that, you know, businesses move on, that they don't, that they give lip service to um, caring about the customer. Um, you know, right now we have uh, games. Uh, if you play games, there was a time you paid for the game and you were able to play the game unlimited. Nowadays, um, they want you to pay for games. You can play the game, but it's always continually asking for something. They, to play the game, they give you an option. And there, there are several really horrible behaviors in the, in the gaming community now that it's pointing them out is just crazy. So let, let me start here. One option, they know that game, that commercials in the middle of a game is irritating. They know that. So rather than take the commercials out of the middle of the game and finding a more uh, comfortable approach, to paying for the game. They give you the option to buy your way out of pain. Now, as I mentioned before, it used to be you could pay for the game, download it, play the game without har harassment or hassle, without any interference from anyone else, as long as you like. Now, okay, um, you don't, you can't download the game. There are so many games that you cannot play offline. You don't, can't download the game, put it in your system and play it anywhere, anytime. It being something that you've purchased, you now have access to when you desire, when you want, because they've, they've changed the landscape in such a way that you don't have that kind of autonomy that um, in order to continue to play the game, to get, you know, more, um, you know, resources in the game, you constantly have to come up with more money. So whereas a game used to be $35, $40, now they want that same type of game to now have no limit on how much you spend. So in other words, as long as you want to play the game, you have to give them money. 
because they don't sell you the game anymore. You don't get uh, discs. You don't get an opportunity to not have to spend more money on the game. Now, one of the things that I talked about earlier, so there is, there, as far, there is so much different about the technology world, where it was and where it is that, that I, I, I frankly don't know where to begin to, to approach some of the problems like, um, you know, it was understood, you know, if you, if you, if your customers matter to you, you don't load up their system with, with a bunch of software that they're not going to get, that they're not going to use, um, and make it difficult to get rid of it and then push them into paying for more and more hardware just so that they can have the space that they need to enjoy the things that they want, which is what they bought your product for in the first place. Um, it's just, I, there was a world that where business cared about the individual or at least pretended they don't even pretend anymore. There's no pretense. There is, you are a dollar sign to them. And I'm not, I, I, I guess I'm painting with a broad brush. Maybe there are programmers that, that care. But it just, it's so, it seems so rare. So VR is now, you know, growing in popularity. And um, a lot of the games in VR and, and some on the computer allow you to buy music packs that come with their game. So you could go out and spend money. You bought the game. Now they give you a set of songs that come with the game. Now, so I was talking to this person the other day. Um, they bought a VR headset. It used to be they had a VR headset. They could play um, Pandora in the background. They could turn down the music in the game, play Pandora in the background so that they could play the music that they wanted to play, that they wanted to hear during the game. Now, programmers could make it so that you could play your own music in the game, but that means you wouldn't buy packs of music from them. So they don't allow that option. When you find a workaround, somebody blocks that workaround. They blocked um, access to Pandora. 
while you're in a game. So you don't get to use that option. They've blocked, you know, they've not allowed you access to your own music, which you've already paid for. But you're confined to, and and these are and they're supposedly creating these these games, these apps, for your benefit, for your growth, for your fun, and yet it is it is all meant to, you know, if you if you look and you and you think about it, they're all meant to just pull resources out of your pocket, that if you want. More, if you want better games developed around, you know, you having fun, it's not going to happen. It, it, it's, it's, so, so this is a form to me of corruption where, um, rather than catering to the customer, the person that's paying the bills because, because that's where the money comes from. Instead of catering to the customer, they cater to other businesses. They, they create a situation where um, people who already have money can get more of it from you rather than ensuring that because you've supported them in the case of a politician, you've, you know, you've elected them to office, you pay their salary, you support them um, when they try to work for you. And rather than um, making you front and center, they make themselves front and center. And, and I just, yeah, all right. Oh yeah, Amazon Books. That was a yeah. That was that was an insane thing. I don't know if if the growth of technology is. I, I'm guessing it's going to eventually get back to what it was designed for, and that's designed for people instead of being used by just some people. So I don't know. Um, one of the questions I have is: is how do we how do we fight corruption if corruption becomes the standard? Now they call corruption in business making a profit. Because they've taken they've taken out the needs of the individual, and um, Windows forces you to update. Most people in 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 the private sector have probably have zero need for an operating system beyond Windows XP, and yet we're at Windows eleven. 
because they make sure to make it painful to not have to upgrade. Because your needs as an individual aren't as important as the needs of the company to survive. But that's a part of business. Part of business is the risk. Is that when your product is no longer necessary, you have to find a new way to do business. You have to adapt. Companies no longer adapt. They make the consumer adapt. And I, I don't, I don't, I am pro-business. I am so pro-business. But it's hard to watch the behavior that has that has come out of the free market system wow yeah so um i i i i just watch the system become more and more corrupt corruption it, it you know fighting corruption is hard you may have heard me say we as human beings are capable of good and we're capable of bad that includes me i'm going to make mistakes i'm going to you know i'm i can probably be tempted I I can be tempted. I can um, slip and fall. But my, and and regardless of my intent, I've if when I fall, I've made a mistake, and I have to live with that. Um, we have found a way to eliminate trying to be better. Businesses no longer have to be made to be better. So they don't. They don't do better. It's all lip service. Because um, it is our responsibility to protect those who can't protect themselves. That, that's part of being in the community and not take advantage of them. There are a lot of people who don't understand gaming, what has happened in the gaming community, what has happened in the software community. And so they pay because, you know, because there's a little extra money in their, in their budget. And so they, they pay for things that further put them in a non-negotiable position, a non-negotiating position. 
Because the idea is if you don't pay for all of those bells and whistles in the game, then the gamers, the game creators or the software creators will stop making them. But people pay. I, I, have, I can't tell you how many times I've read where, uh, you know, someone left a review and said, you know, you can't play this app because of so many commercials. I don't, who thought of the idea of in the middle of a game somebody's playing to show them a commercial about another game? That to me, it just seems crazy. Yes, I, you know, commercials, fine. You know, I get it. Somebody wants to, we don't sell games anymore. You don't buy the game. You rent the game. There, there is a, a financial financing structure now put into place where the game is incomplete. They're still developing the game, and yet they're charging for the game. It used to be they finished the game or at least, you know, created a version one, and maybe they're going to go to a version two or a version 2.5 or whatever the case may be. But they created the game. They sold it. They took that money and worked on the next version of the game. That doesn't happen anymore. They'll put the part of the game together, start, you know, charge you $20 to buy a gun, charge $100 to um, get, um, you know, something else in the game, uh, $10 for this. Uh, implement a, a gold thing where, you know, if you, if you buy more gold, you can buy more in-game stuff. And the game is, is incomplete. It's still under development. So whereas before, the developers took on the responsibility of financing their game and then selling you a finished product, they're now selling you an incomplete product, which may or may not get finished. There are, there are a number of games that have been abandoned because the developers decided not to finish the game for a number of different reasons. But yet they've collected funds for a game that's incomplete that people can no longer probably play or play well. It still has bugs. You know, it still has things about the game that need to be fixed. But it's been abandoned and they've collected the money and moved on. I'm not saying they made off and made rich, but they sold an incomplete product. They got, they, they financed work on the product and didn't tell the people that, that they were financing 
you know, providing finance. If you're providing finance for an, an app to be developed, you are an investor and you should get it some, some funds when the game is sold or finished. But they're not paying those people back that are investing in their game. They're charging them to help develop the game. They're having people pay to help them develop their game. When you pay for those, pay for that game, when you give money, you're helping develop that game and they're going to sell that game to somebody else using the game and you get nothing out of it. They've changed, they've turned the traditional business finance model backwards. And instead of taking the risk, which is what businesses do, they put the risk on the public. That's a form of corruption to me. So, um, yeah, we see, we see, um, more and more. resources in our society being controlled by fewer and fewer people. And I don't care how, how I won't say that in no scenario does fewer and fewer people equal greater and greater products. Nowhere does having fewer and fewer people control resources, does that equate to better living for more people? And we've, we're seeing for whatever reason, people either not paying attention or their own fears or um, lack of understanding of how things work is allowing fewer and fewer people to have greater and greater impact and influence. And what we've seen is, is that when you do that, the temptation to believe that this is for you that you have a right to it, that you have a right to, to control um, electricity in an area. Um, the electric company here in, in uh, Missouri um, built a coal factory and ignored safety measures. They knew they were violating safety measures and did it anyway. It 
we have a system that is not prioritizing accountability. And if you don't prioritize accountability, you do not have any accountability. And if you don't have any accountability, people are going to, some and not all, not every politician is going to be corrupt. Not every business entity is going to be corrupt. But it, how, do you, how do you get non-corrupt people to function in a corrupt system and, and, and they still survive? Because there are, there are people and companies that will do anything while others will limit themselves to ethical behavior. Next week will be um, the last show until, um, again, it's the last show until the middle of August. I will be on break for six weeks. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I look forward to bringing you another great episode next week. Until then, make sure you stay safe. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.